Good afternoon, GMAR. Welcome to Greater Minds Live, Episode 6. Uh, my name is Nathan Boji with Remax Classic. I am uh, chair of the Tech Committee and a member of the Grievance Committee. And I'm joined by uh, some of my fellow Tech Committee uh, uh, members and uh, Peter, Peter Torrin. Yeah, I'm Peter Torrin from Cobalt Banker. Uh, for some of you Eastsiders, we're out in Macomb and the Vice Chair of the Tech Committee. And for man who needs no introduction, we'll let you introduce yourself. And um, I'm Marshall Montgomery. I'm the uh, broker owner at Michigan Property Resource, and we're primarily in Detroit. So we're representing the, uh, the boutique side of right. things. <laughs> That's right. And Marshall, how long have you been in business for? Uh, I've been uh, been in business since 2012, and um, so, yeah, I've been out for a while. Awesome. Very, very cool. And you, you have a bit of a, a specialized business, I think, right? I do. Um, we primarily, you know, work with uh, with investors, and we take them from the point of choosing the right property to getting the property rehabbed, which our firm takes care of also, and then um, finding tenants for them. And then we take care of the long-term property management. Then we start that cycle all over again when it's time. And then that gets into a little bit of buying and selling, you know, as a as the cycle changes and they decide to do different things with their investments. Pretty so cool. Full service, so to speak. That's, that's full right. service, yes. Pretty cool. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I think we're uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to get your take, especially working with a lot of investors and some of the things we're going to cover today uh, in regards to um, you know offers, uh, getting those accepted, and, and communicating uh, with uh, fellow realtors on on working together and stuff like that. So it's going to be really cool. Um, couple of things that we just uh, wanted to sort of uh, cover before we get into the meat of things. Um, we're going to talk a lot of, about a lot of different topics uh, this afternoon, and uh, they are our thoughts, and we don't represent uh, GMAR as far as their uh, feelings and opinions on, on the topics that we're covering. Um, and uh, Peter, where can, we, where can we find us if we're not being viewed or listened to so right if you're now. not checking us out live uh you can check us out later if you are a podcast listener hopefully tim has our audio running for the podcast uh and you can find <laughs> us on youtube on uh, if you want to watch the video the podcast quality audio quality a little bit better than what it is here on facebook live you can find us on uh, itunes on stitcher on soundcloud uh and that is greater minds live uh, again, we are tuning in every – we've got a, a new schedule for this now. That's so right. every last Wednesday of the month, uh, and it will be at 2.30 p.m. So now you guys can actually know what to look for. Uh, and just a little plug, uh, Vicky from GMAR, the head honcho, if you will, will be on uh, next month. Yep, and next then the month, month after mm -hmm. that, uh, we will be having a little bit of a social media panel discussion, going through uh, personal pages, going through engagement, a couple of topics that obviously are pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. Basically, what's really successful? Um, what are what are some of the simple things that you you may not even be thinking about to, to gain some success on the social media platforms? I mean, it's such a big part of our business today. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're marketers, and uh, marketing is just more than uh, mailers and uh, billboards and you know, um, in, in TV and radio advertisements. I mean, a big chunk of it is, is social media today. So. Um, you know, for those of us that might be really good at it, uh, this might be a little bit of a reminder. And for those of us that might not be so good at it, this will maybe give you a little bit of a foundation to get started on. So um, I hope you tune in, and that'll be in June. One of the things, I don't know if we mentioned this or not, we are broadcasting from the very first time from GMAR's new office. It kind of goes into our GMAR business here. Uh, it is on 12 Mile in Southfield. I know because I went to the old GMAR today <laughs> at first, so I was late. Uh, so sound, don't make that mistake. Very sentimental, he wanted to <laughs> 
I, I love the old office. <laughs> so, But the good thing is if you want to check out the new office, on Wednesday, May 2nd from 2 to 4, there's going to be an open house. I think they're going to have some, some snacks and things of that nature. Uh, they did, for the first time, celebrate the Fair Housing Act, 50th anniversary. They had 200 people down here. So that's pretty cool as well. And our own Jamie Iodice was on uh, Channel 7. I don't know if we've got that footage available that we can – okay, no footage yet, but we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, um, so a couple other things that uh, you may not be aware of um, that GMAR offers is the uh, uh, a scholarship um, that is worth about a thousand bucks. You can check out gmaronline.com slash scholarships to find out more information about it as how it relates to GMAR members and uh, kids of GMAR members. Um, one thing to keep in mind is time sensitive. It is um, uh, the deadline to apply is May 30th. So. Um, make sure you check that out. Uh, the other thing that is really cool that, that GMAR has done, and um, I've seen uh, firsthand what, what really can be done with this as one of the realtors that, that works in, in my office uh, was able to be part of the placemaking grant uh, that GMAR offers and, and the fantastic things that, that they were able to do. Um, so if you're interested in, in finding out more about the GMAR uh, placemaking grants and what it means to the communities here in southeastern Michigan, uh, check out gmaronline.com slash placemaking uh, for all the, the information out there. Now, this one is super time sensitive. Uh, May 4th is the deadline. So that's coming up real fast. Mm-hmm. So get, your, uh, get your submissions in. Yep. Yep. So very, very cool. I mean, we're, we're realtors. We, we sell homes, which are a big part of communities. And, uh, and whether you know, we realize it or not, uh, you know, our work is, is a, a big community effort. So this is a great way to give back to the, yeah. to the places you work in. And a great way to bring value to your community, obviously, being a uh, you know, with the fantastic reputation that we uh, enjoy throughout the community, I think we're right with used car samples, salesmen. Uh, so yeah, giving but, back you know, to the being, community being, is always being greater realtors. I think yes. we're maybe a couple levels up, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that this is certainly a fantastic way to you know increase your standing in the community to show that we are true professionals. We are greater realtors. We're not your you know your run of the mill used car salesman, and that we are giving back. We really care about the community, and that's why we do what we do, and we do it to a you know particular level of excellence. Uh, and speaking of that. Um, we're having some tough times getting our buyers, especially, you know, I'm sure a lot of us are, you know, swamped with buyers. They're eating up all of our time left and right. And part of that is because we cannot uh, seem to get offers accepted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, you're, you're facing a couple of challenges. One inventory is super low. Um, so you have a lot of buyers looking at, uh, the same houses and therefore there ends up being a lot of offers being submitted. And sometimes the highest price isn't, isn't the, you know, the home run that we think it's going to be. It's a lot of the other pieces that are, that are in place, um, you know, that comes along with the offer, such as, you know, different terms and timelines and things like that, that are important to really nail down to have some success on those offers. Um, one thing I, I would really be interested in hearing about Marshall would be from the investor standpoint. I mean, I know they're looking at properties in a much different perspective than someone that's going to move into it and live in it and make a home in it. It's a business for them. So what are some of the things you're seeing as far as challenges and and, and how are you overcoming them and getting their offers accepted? Well, you know, we used to have a problem with them always submitting lowball offers sometimes. Now it's more or less coming into like, okay, um, you know, we've got this asset here. They typically will come up with their own individual number based upon what we think the rents are going to be in the area and based upon, you know, trying to stay within the market. A lot of them right now aren't taking too many chances on a lot of the lower end properties. So, you know, on average in Detroit, I mean, you're, you're looking at now thirty to $50,000 homes 
um, okay. is kind of what they're what they're going after. The days of the super cheap five hundred to five thousand dollar homes are kind of going away. So, um, from an investment standpoint, sometimes they'll do it uh, without an inspection contingency. Um, I would say ninety nine percent of the offers I'm writing are still all cash offers. Um, we're just now starting to get to the point where you'll get into some of the smaller apartment buildings. Uh, those sometimes will come with finance contingencies, but even at that level, a lot of times the sellers want a really strong offer. And unfortunately, sometimes that's with a shorter closing period. It's with a almost no inspection period. So you have to be real careful, um, real due diligence done up front when you're presenting the offer uh, to them because, you know, there's still a lot of investors in the market that's making it a little bit more difficult to still get offers accepted. Really quickly, before we move on to the kind of our standard uh, private sale to private sale, brought up an interesting point about the small apartment buildings. Are, are you seeing that the multifamily market is operating in the same way as a lot of the, the res, you know, the standard single family residents or is it uh, a little bit of a different market in a multifamily standpoint? No, it's worse because there's less multifamilies available. And if that's the type of property that you're looking for, there's a lot more things that go into considering that versus just a regular single family um, home. You know, there's just less of them, you know, available. So it makes it really, really tough when you're competing against a lot of folks. And a lot of the things like in the downtown area or anything that's really close to downtown, midtown, those type of areas, you know, a lot of that stuff is priced way out of the market of, what makes sense, mm. you know, for people to move forward on. Makes sense. Mm. In, in a, a standard, you know, just private sale to private sale, uh, we're seeing a lot of in multiple offers. We're seeing a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of highest and best. One of the things we were talking about is one of our kind of complaints is, you know, the lack of communication. We're going to talk a little bit more about getting offers accepted as well, but the lack of communication between agents. Uh, so one of the things we're making sure to do is, you know, we were talking just before the show started, about submitting offers and we're not hearing back that the offers even confirmed for 24 hours. We don't hear anything back then for 48 hours. Then we've seen the house has gone off market. Uh, are you guys kind of seeing the same thing in your markets? Obviously, we, we service really three different uh, markets in this Tri-County area. And so are you guys kind of seeing that same thing of, uh, you know, you're just getting uh, ghosted essentially by listing agents? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the communication part is is really important. I mean, I I, I I would be remiss to say that I'm not guilty of, of uh, being a slow responder at times, um, whether it's because I'm busy, whether it's because I missed it, whatever it is. Um, but I think the big thing is, is once you, you do have uh, a, a connection made with a, you know, an agent that uh, has submitted an offer or that an agent you've submitted an offer to, is to really make sure that everybody's got an equal understanding of what, what you're trying to accomplish here. Um, and I think setting expectations of, Hey, I've, I've sent you an offer. Did you get it? Um, hey, here's the timeline in which we're expecting a response back. Mm. And uh, prior to getting started today, Peter, you were talking about how you are really prepping your buyers to understand that, you know, stick to your timelines, both mm. as what's required of you, but what's what you're asking of the seller, meaning, hey, I need a response back by this time. Yeah. And I, I think that we've we've prepared buyers in a number of ways. Um, and this is this starts, I think, even before you, we, we talk about getting your offer accepted. It's making sure that your buyer's number one, like Marshall had said, making sure they've done their due diligence on the house, make sure that they understand what rates are going for in the area, make sure that they understand uh, you know, what 
they're going to be in for as far as their closing costs, making sure that they understand really what they're pre-approved for. Uh, we're seeing language that's asking for you know, previously underwritten docs. So we, we want to make sure that we've got, you know, we've already run them through as much as we can on the mortgage side, that they also understand they may have to make two, three, four offers. Uh, you know, they're not going to be having just a, uh, you know, hey, it's maybe not going to be a one and done. So I think a right. lot of those things are under, you know, important to have your buyers understand coming into this market, what is the reality, what's not, uh, and to not get too emotionally attached to anything until we've got it under contract. Yeah, I think I think that's you, you really just hit on something really, really hard. I mean, or really, really important, I should say, is the emotional part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is on a multiple facets. One, it's the emotional part that the buyer is getting really attached to this house and and they've already moved in. They you know, they've they've planned out the next 10 events that they have coming up in their life in, in the house um, before they've even gotten an offer submitted um, and, and managing their expectations and their emotions is, is part of it. But also too, as agents, you know, we, we, we get emotionally invested in these deals of, Oh man, you know, I didn't get the deal. Why? Or this guy's not calling me back or why is this person calling me so much? You know? And, and I think, and I think it's that communication part that, that we start off with is how to manage all that. Um, and do you find that when you're, when you're working through these struggles of, Hey, did you get my offer? Uh, Hey, what's the response? Is it, um, you know, is it a mutual understanding? Is it you being very proactive? Is what, what are you guys finding? That's kind of a good way to, to, to keep that communication and end up in a successful, uh, you know, transaction together. I think you have to be proactive. Uh, typically when we're submitting offers, um, uh, you know, we ask for a response via email. I kind of keep an eye on it when I don't get it. My next thing is a phone call. Um, one of the things I can't stand is when the agents don't have a cell phone available um, because sometimes you can't get through to them at the office, you know. And to me, as realtors and as professionals, you need to keep that in mind. You know, if you're doing something else or if you're tied up, You need to figure out how to be available for some form of communication, you know, email, text, phone call, you know, um, I'll even take a pigeon with a little note, you know, that, hey, we're good and we're moving forward, you know, just not that it's hanging out there. Um, One other thing with emails that I found sometimes when people switch offices or anything like that, they'll forget to update their email you know, um, online and, you know, people won't know how to get a hold of them or won't know what's the best way to get a hold of them. I'll say this. I think it's extremely helpful. We, I, I think everybody uses the showing time app. I don't think anybody's calling offices to set showings anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. doubt it. Uh, and so when you're on showing time, there's, there's a place for your information, having that available and having a note of, Hey, you know, it's awesome to text me. You can whatever, call me having all your information right in there on showing time. You can see it. You can link right through text his number. Okay, awesome. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I like the idea of the phone call, but also I'll say this, if I know that an agent is both a buyer's and a seller's agent, that they're not just operating on business hours, a quick text is the best way for me to go. Because mm-hmm. I know for me, uh, you know, getting a phone call in, I'm out showing, I'm trying to respond back to, to phone calls during, you know, in between showings, a quick text is the best way that I can just say, yep, I got that, you know, we're presenting. Uh, and that's, I think, the easiest way. And I also think it, I, I do think is a bit on the discourteous side. If you have a cell phone, you're getting text messages, and you let that go for, you know, a year to uh, not get back to somebody, <laughs> you know, um, that I think is a, a great thing. But 
and, and I, and actually, I, I think you bring up like a really interesting question, Peter, is what is the okay time frame to get back to somebody? I mean, that, that you feel comfortable, like if you send somebody an email or a text or even left them a voicemail, like, are we talking, they should call you back in an hour, like five hours, 24 hours? I would say, well, I'll let you respond first because I have my own thoughts on I mean, I would say as soon as it's available for you to respond, I mean, obviously different responses are going to, you know, uh, dictate a different time frame. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, if if you know if you put a new listing up there and and you don't have anybody up there, you know, you probably should at least acknowledge you got it. And then if you're tied up, say that. I mean, I know I personally don't text and drive. You know, so a lot of times if I see something come in, I'll just hit the call button real quick. Mm -hmm. But I just I I think that it's just being aware of what you're, you know. So something something that just makes sense. Being reasonable. Being reasonable. I think, too, there have been, you know, times I know that I've been, you know, I've not been uh, great. on. If it's something that maybe I'm working on or something that, you know, somebody says, hey, do you have this for me? If I'm working on it, sometimes I'd rather respond with like, hey, I've got this for you now instead of, hey, I'll get it. And then it's. Um, but I try and respond to text within an hour is okay. what I try and do. Yeah. Um, but I know we're running, we might run over a little bit on time here, but I know that, uh, we want to talk about, let's talk about strengthening, strengthening our offers. Right. And, and not just, obviously we have, we, we, you know, the vast majority of my buyers are coming to the table with less than $10,000. So these are not, and I think you guys are probably in the same boat. These are not buyers that have got infinite cash to just waive, uh, appraisals. Right. You know, they're they, you know, not buyers that have got an infinite amount of risk-taking uh, ability that they want to you know, just completely waive their inspection contingencies. I know for me, I might have a, uh, an appraisal guarantee up to, say an appraisal guarantee up to $2,000 above or whatever that may be that they're comfortable with. Uh, and I know my inspections, I'm trying to write, I'm, you know, keeping my inspectors on notice, and I'm trying to write my inspection timelines very, very tight, maybe five days. Um, you know, or if I know that my offer might get accepted, I might even kind of preemptively schedule something and, and know that that's uh, able to be done. Yeah, I, and I think that's a big part of uh, of it too is is sort of thinking ahead because especially you know inspectors that do a nice job they're usually pretty busy mm-hmm. and it's hard mm-hmm. to get them on a win- you know on a just a short notice. Um, and you know, one thing that we were talking about a little bit earlier, Peter, that you touched on is having the, that lender. Uh, reach out uh, on the buyer's behalf and and basically being able to 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 let the listing agent know that hey we we've done more than just put on a piece of paper that that this person is good to go you know we've run them through some form of underwriting we understand their position we know all the details yeah document um, verified we've done you know and yeah. like we said some people are asking for that verbiage already and I think having that lender reach out is you know really puts you in a stronger position absolutely uh, um, you know and, and then I think. The, the timeline thing was was really important uh, too, um, and one of the I think the things too is is maybe talking about w- what it is that this person really likes about you know the house, mm. and and I mean we were just talking about earlier how these deals are emotional, and why not why not get the seller's emotions involved a little bit you know so if they can be happy about the you know uh, about uh, their home going to to somebody that's going to appreciate it like they did. I mean, I think that's a, that's a good way to go to. I will talk say about this. That. I am very careful that with this being fair housing mom. Yep. I am. I am very v- and I know mo- a lot of agents don't think about this, but I am very careful to scrub the letters that we, that we submit uh, to make sure that they're not saying, Oh, this is a great pra- place to raise my kids. Now that's fair housing violation. Yeah. So that, we try and keep it to the desirable yeah, it's aspects more or less, of you the know, like, you know, love the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a chef's kitchen kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that maybe kind a little of bit stuff. about themselves too, that, you know, if there's things that, you know, there's 
uh, you know, if they've got maybe a profession that they've got to makes them a strong buyer, uh, you know, things like that, that they've got great income mm-hmm. and they've got, so maybe boosting themselves a little bit there too, I think is yeah, helpful de- as well. Details letting, letting that the seller know that this person can perform quickly. There's no contingencies. They don't yep. have a house to sell. Yep. They're not waiting for a, you know, a lease to be released. All that kind of stuff I think is important to talk about, yeah. uh, to build that confidence. Uh, I think for also them. finding out what's important to the seller. You know, there's, there might be sellers that it's, hey, they've got to be contingent on the, you know, themselves finding a new home or they need 60 days of occupancy. Maybe we can give them, maybe we can't bump up in purchase price, but maybe we can give them free occupancy mm-hmm. for a month. Yeah. And, and, and that, that, finding out what's important that to That all falls back to that communication thing we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. is, is really wh- what is it that both parties need to get this done? And, what, you know, how much time does the seller need the house? Is this the only, you know, can they only come down so much because of financial reasons? Uh, what's the buyer's timeline? Do they have contingencies? Are they approved? You know, all that type of stuff is, is really important that the two agents involved, you know, discuss and, and, and create a, a, a successful path for both parties. I think to, to wrap this up, I think the most important things, obviously, you know, make your offer as strong as possible. Don't let your buyers come in and lowball. You know, know mm-hmm. what the values are going in. Prep your buyers. And then, you know, make your offers as strong as possible without changing price. You make those terms as strong as possible. I think those are the, you know, if you're going to take one thing away from this, I think that's what we're finding. And, and again, I'm, it's not like I'm having an amazing success rate with this, but it, it's improved. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. So um, we are running a little over this afternoon, but um, we uh, hope you guys continue the conversation on uh, the comments below. Uh, again, we're always looking for comments and feedback as to things we can discuss uh, during Greater Minds Live. Uh, tune in next month. Uh, we will have a special guest, uh, Vicky Livinois, our CEO here at GMAR, to to talk about some different things, the new office and, and all the great stuff going on here at GMAR. Um, Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And, um, and especially if you have comments on what is working for you, getting offers accepted, please share. That is, I think, incredibly valuable for all the members of uh, Greater Minds here. Uh, but until next time, I'm Peter Toring from Cobalt Banker. Nathan Boji Remix Classic. And Marshall Montgomery. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye.